Welcome to Gross Anatomy. We are live with Gross Anatomy, the show that explores the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture. And movies, and TV, and books, and podcasts, and the world around us. And today, I am still Dr. Jason Cohen. And who are you? I'm still Raya O'Neill, believe it or not. Who's dressed very East Coast preppy today. Yes. I'm in a I like it. Day. I like it. It, it. It's very nostalgic for me. I used to have vests like that and wear shirts and vests. I miss that. I love soda vests. I have this in like three different colors from H&M. Such a right. Yeah. I, there, when I was a kid, there were these jeans called Jerbo. They don't, I don't think it exists anymore. Jerbo, G-I-R-B. E-A-U-D, maybe Jabot jeans. And I had every pair of Jabot corduroys and jeans. And, and then I had all these Argyle sweaters and vests and it was a whole thing. That was my thing. Very stylish. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very eighties. I actually saw we got your daughter is very popular on TikTok and she did a TikTok once of dressing in your clothes. Yes. And it was very stylish. I must say. Yeah. And in fact, thank you. And in fact, actually the other day, my middle daughter, Hannah, who you know, also uh, borrowed, wanted to borrow one of my sweaters. So she was wearing another one of my sweaters. So I just thought that was, it was cool. Cause I still have all my clothing from, you know, a zillion years ago. And, and while I don't necessarily wear it, cause I'm in scrubs most of the time, I love that they're starting to wear it a little bit. Yeah. When do you ever dress up? Like you're always in your scrubs and then you go home and then you're in your PJs. Right. So I'm basically always in my PJs. Well, I guess if you work out, you said you work out in the morning. Yeah, but I wear, I don't wear an Argyles. I don't wear like a sweater and a pair of trousers when I work out. I wear like sweats and sweats. Sad, sad life. Yeah. No, it's a good life. It's a good life. Yeah. But it's simple. It's like what Einstein did. You know, he always wore the same thing to, to eliminate having to think about, you know, it, it, it kept his brain cells not having to work, think about what to wear. He kind of wore the same outfit all the time, just like Steve Jobs did too. I think to some degree it was deliberate, you know, so that you don't have to focus on that at all. It's like SpongeBob SquarePants. A little bit. Or like, yes, it exactly <laughs> like SpongeBob. Or like Patrick Starr, you're, you're just naked all the time. We're just in a pair of shorts. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, Patrick was wearing shorts. God, get yeah. everyone out of the gutter right now. Yeah. Really for Basically, I'm SpongeBob. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm so glad we're covering this early on because we might be like one of a few podcasts covering it, but actually we're recording. By the time this posts, it'll be too late. We'll kind of be like out of touch. But you mean in terms of SpongeBob? I mean in terms of the slap heard around the world, they're calling it. <laughs> I know. I can't get over it. Yeah. Yeah. You see what are you talking life? about? What? I don't even know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? God, I know you do it. If you're listening and you don't know, we're talking about Will Smith smacking Chris Rock in the face live at the Oscars. Amazing. Amazing amazing. television. Talk about entertainment. You know what's shocking, though? I heard that the Oscars, the viewership of this most recent uh, Oscars was the second worst ever. What? The worst was last year, and this improved. It was better than last year, 
And interestingly, supposedly after the smack, viewership within that hour like bumped up a decent amount, but it was still the second least watched Oscars. Wow, really? You know, yeah. also another fact, it was the first Oscars produced by a Black man ever. Wow. And I feel bad that he got this rep because all of this BS went down because totally. I actually thought it was like the hosts were funny. They had, you know, there's not much you can do to keep it entertaining. But yeah, first Black man ever. Did, did uh, has he commented? Has, has any comment? Uh, I didn't see any comments from him. I just saw like on Twitter, someone was like, it's a shame. Like this is the first Black man ever produced and he's being overshadowed by this negative yeah experience but i don't think that'll affect his chances of of i i mean it shouldn't affect affect his doing it again uh plus the metric of it improved from last year so so that's a good thing i don't think i watched it last year so I, i must confess i didn't watch it this year and the only thing is i got home and my daughter said hey did you see the will smith thing so, wow. so that's, we, I watched that over and over and over again. Um, and I think everybody did, you know, on, on YouTube and, and all those platforms, because I think everybody's first thought was it's fake. I thought right? it was staged. Yeah. The first thought was this has to be fake. And, and it's not that he punched him, he smacked him. So exactly. you're thinking maybe but it was the like, mic, a, like amplified the noise. So it sounded like a punch. Right. No, but, but I mean, you know, you would have thought if he was going to punch him, that wouldn't have been staged. But the fact that he smacked him, it could have been staged, you know, and he turned his head and all that. But then when he sat in his chair and uttered all the stuff he uttered, you realize it's not fake. God, what was absurd to me was he laughed at the joke like two seconds before. But I think he looked at his wife and saw that she rolled her eyes and he was like, oh, so he got up there and smacked him. Yeah, I I think that he the, the jokes were kind of funny but offensive, you know. So so yeah, that's why he laughed. I initially. No idea she had alopecia. I at least I like to think, but I I did read he didn't know, and I don't think if he knew he would have made that joke. But also he's a comedian. Yeah, and I'll tell you the interesting thing is that people are doing like Team Chris Rock versus you know Team Will Smith. I gotta tell you, I still love both of them. Oh, me too. You know, so so it's really it's really the whole thing is just, you know, some people are like, oh, I never want to see a Will Smith movie again. And then some people are like, how dare Chris Rock, you know, say that stuff. But well, it's pretty ironic. Chris Rock, uh, I think 2016, made a documentary about black women and their hair Ah. and and like all the stigma around black hair and all this stuff. And then he made this joke, essentially criticizing her for not having any hair. Yeah, so it's kind of like, well, jokes on you for us because why did you produce this documentary? But here That's you weird. are bashing black women. Although I got to tell you, I think she looked amazing. Oh yeah, she looked beautiful. Stunning. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know the the it's it's just such a it was it's just so surreal and it, and that's what everybody's going to be talking about forever now. I think you know everybody's everybody's saying, oh, Will Smith shouldn't have done it, but I think the truth is is. Um, I agree. He shouldn't have done it, but he probably did what every partner of someone would have wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like he, he like, like she stops someone if they talked about your wife's hair. Right. Right. Doesn't matter wife or husband. Like, like he, he lived the fantasy, his inner fantasy that everybody would have had. Like had someone made fun of my partner, 
he, you know, that's, that's what everybody would have wished to do, but he actually got up and did it. Right. Well, on the bright side, he won 10 minutes later. He won. He won. Right. Which I do think he deserved to win. Totally agree. And and I don't think they, and I don't think that they should take it back. No, Uh, I don't think so either. No, but, uh, but, you know, anger management class or something, I don't know, or, or just, I, I think he's already doing the apology stuff. And I, and I think he needs to do that more. And I think everybody loves Will Smith. So I think it's going to blow. I'm, I'm surprised how many people want to <laughs> hate. He loves Will, but look, everybody hates Chris. Right. Somebody there you should. go. <laughs> but a lot of people are hating on Will, which is, which is not a surprise because people love to hate, you know, but I, I, I think it'll be never forgotten, but I think it'll be forgiven pretty soon. I hope so. He's not pressing charges, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's going to be, you know, I, I heard on the radio is, you know, normally the winners come back to present the next year. So the You're question right, is, will, will Smith be invited back to present next year? And one guy on, on the news said, you know what, if it'll be really fun and interesting and good drama. And if Will Smith comes back to present more than likely, I'll watch the Oscars. But if he's not going to be presenting, I may not bother watching the Oscars. So they're going to have to decide what's good TV versus good PR. Right. So it'll be an interesting thing to see. Oscar drama. On the bright but side, a lot of wins. The only other bright thing just to talk about briefly is maybe it'll be good for people with suffering from alopecia, you know, which is uh, I was hair loss. This earlier. Yeah. So it might bring more awareness, more compassion, and even just let people know of different treatments and remedies and, and things to do for alopecia and different options. So maybe, maybe that'll be another silver lining from all of this possibly. So alopecia, I know a few people that um, suffer from alopecia, young and old, it's caused by really what stress or multiple things. Well, there's all different reasons for, you know, there's male, there's male pattern baldness, which is another word for alopecia, you know, hair loss is alopecia is basically hair loss. So, but then there's, you know, premature alopecia or weird patches of alopecia. And it's not really known why it's caused. Some people think it could be a fungal type or a yeast or slash fungal type infection. It could be a viral type infection. Sometimes we don't know why it's happening. Uh, You probably saw that maybe there's a stress component to it, right? Yeah. What else have you found in your research? Well, the girl that I knew had an um, autoimmune disorder. Right, right. And it could be other, other health issues. Exactly. Um, I also know of like an eight-year-old that has it. Yeah, yeah. No, it could be an autoimmune problem too. Exactly. It could be an autoimmune issue too. And sometimes it could be treated, uh, uh, but, it's, but it's hard to say for sure. But, but, you know, when they talk about alopecia, yeah, normally the thought is that it, that it is this possible autoimmune issue. But again, there's also a fungal component too. What were you going to say? Well, autoimmune disorders, are they all um, non-curable? Not, you would ask is, is are autoimmune diseases non-curable? And the answer is no, they, they can be curable. Sometimes they're self-limited. Rarely they're not curable, but often, even if it's not necessarily curable, it's treatable or manageable. And there are many forms of autoimmune diseases 
ranging from inflammatory bowel disease, which people think of either as ulcerative. Wow, that's autoimmune? That's an autoimmune disease. It's either ulcerative that. colitis or Crohn's. Those are not IBS. Oh, I'm thinking of IBS. Yeah, not IBS. That's not, that's not necessarily autoimmune. We don't necessarily know the etiology of that, but IBD or inflammatory bowel disease, disease, not disease, disease, that is an autoimmune process um, and is managed. It's really not curable, but it's often managed with symptoms and treated, but that's not curable. But then we were going to talk about who are we talking about today? Wendy Williams, who has an autoimmune who has an autoimmune disease. So it's autoimmune disease week, I guess. So yeah, which is an interesting tie-in because um, Wendy Williams, who I don't know that well. Do you, did, did you ever watch or listen to her shows? I watched her show in high school because she is entertaining. She's a gossip queen. She's messy, loves the drama, but she has a history. Well, she has a drug abuse history. Does she? I didn't know that. She was a, a, um, God, I hate to say a crackhead, but. Was she really? Yeah. And I think she uh, went to rehab a few times. Um, did you see when she passed out on stage? It was like her Halloween episode? No, I didn't know about any of that. No, no. I, anyway. I, I don't know her well. I just know that she's funny and very entertaining and has her own show. She is. And then took, took a bunch of weeks off because of her autoimmune disease. Yeah. So, wow, I didn't know it was because of that. I thought it was because of she was like relapsing or was there's been so many stories about her, but that's it's too bad. Yeah, and this was her autoimmune disease called Graves' disease, which is autoimmune disease of the thyroid, which is something I maybe even operate on sometimes, which is which is interesting. So, and that could be actually cured that that type of autoimmune disease. So basically, for whatever reason, we don't really know why the thyroid attacks itself, and our thyroid helps us; it, it regulates our energy levels. So when we're overactive, we're hyper. We're, we're no matter what we eat. We, we can't keep our weight on no matter our heart is racing, our hair may be thinning and falling out. When it's underactive, we're sluggish, we're tired all the time. Um, and, and so with Graves' disease, for whatever reason, the thyroid starts attacking itself and becomes overactive. And it could range from mild symptoms to, to potentially even fatal, but it also could cause eye problems. It causes autoimmune deposits on the eyes and people with Graves' disease often could develop big, bulge, buggy eyes kind of to, you know, if to describe what it looks like, you know, big bulging eyes. And then people with Graves' disease often get a big thyroid. It's usually associated with a goiter, which just is a fancy word for a big thyroid. Um, And luckily there are different ways of treating it, sometimes with medicine, sometimes with radioactive iodine, or sometimes even with combination or sometimes with surgery. And that, and that's where I often come in. And the treatment is to remove all of that thyroid tissue and that cures the patient. The only downside is then they have to take one pill a day for the rest of their lives that takes over the job of the thyroid. But it's better than having all of the other associated things and you could easily get a good level in taking that thyroid pill. Wow. So interesting. So that's more less noticeable or less treatable, but I, I mean, more treatable perhaps than, than, um, Jada Pinkett with, uh, no, Wendy Williams. no, no, I'm oh. talking about her alopecia, which could be autoimmune related as well, but I don't know. I don't know where she is with her alopecia. I don't know what the, I don't know. I don't know either. I didn't really say what caused it or which, which her illness is or anything. Well, you know, right. Jada Pinkett has 
Red Table Talk. Have you heard of it? It's kind of like her podcast, her web web series. No. Through Facebook, it started, and it's called Red Table Talk, and she sits with her mother, actually, who looks amazing, um, and her daughter, you know, so three generations of women, and they discuss, like, pop culture things, and they bring on guests. So everyone's like, this dispute with Will and Chris needs to be discussed on the red table. Interesting. I think, um, what do you think, getting back to them, I have two thoughts. Do you think at the end of the night, do you think when they were home alone together, I'm still wondering, was she like, yeah, you're my man, way to go, I'm proud of you? Or was she like, you know, Will, you idiot, you know, what? why'd you do that? That's, I that's the thing I'm most curious about. I think it was a mixture of both. I think she's like, oh, I love you, baby. Thank you for supporting me. But then I think she was like, you need to control your emotions and not let them win when you do that they win. God, it sounds like I was there and better them, but I wasn't. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, so so that's that's the only thing. I I um nuts though. Just totally nuts. But entertaining, so entertaining. And Chris Rock handled it great. He handled it great. I mean, I, I kind of heard like tears in his eyes. I mean, in he his did. Voice. I agree. Yeah. He wanted, he totally wanted to cry. I mean, that's for sure. I, I wanted to give him a hug. Me too. Yeah. Goodness. Well, we're just, we're recording right now. It's the end of March, but this is going to air in April. Mm. So happy April, everyone. Are you a big sports fan? What sport? So you want to hear an interesting, crazy story about basketball and me? Oh, yes. When I was a kid, my dad split season tickets with a friend of his to the Rangers, to hockey. So so they they would split the season. They each took half a season. And back then, it, it was at Madison Square Garden. Back then, what's crazy is in order to get season tickets to hockey, you had to buy the season tickets to basketball. You couldn't really? for the next you couldn't buy one without the other. They came together. You couldn't split them off. So every year that we had season tickets to hockey, which was years growing up, we also had season tickets to basketball. But the Knicks were a losing horrible team back then, and we weren't really into basketball. So I had season tickets to basketball. Guess how many Knicks games I went to? Don't say zero. I'm going to say zero. Zero. What? I never went. And not only that, my dad used to, he, he just, he, he didn't even give them away. He couldn't give them away. It was like not even, so they just, we would just throw them away. Rarely, rarely, my cousin who liked basketball would ask for tickets and, and my dad would be so happy that my cousin would want to go to a basketball game. Oh but, my gosh. But we just basically threw, could you imagine that today? Like the NBA throwing away NBA tickets today? It's it's crazy to conceive of that, how expensive they are, how sought after. But we couldn't. My dad used to say, I can't even give these tickets away. And he used to be so angry that we would have to get the Knicks tickets with the Ranger tickets. (laughs) (laughs) My God, I'd pay for them. So I know now season tickets. Do you pay yearly or like you have to re-enter the lotto each year or what? Now I don't know. I couldn't afford it if I wanted to. I have no idea. You know, it's impossible. Yeah. But occasionally, you know, luckily I know people and they'll, you know, as a nice gesture, they'll, 
they'll take me to a game or something like that. But yeah, it's crazy how expensive that's gotten too. I know. And I remember, I remember the price of a Ranger ticket. Uh, I remember when it went up to 18 and we had good seats. And I went, I remember when it went up to $18 and 50 cents a ticket, my dad was so angry and they were the, you know, down, you know, down, you know, maybe 15 rows from the ice. And my dad was pissed that they went up to 1850. It's nuts. And now they're probably, uh, Hundreds, hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good thing you're not into sports. You're saving some money. There you go. Well, what I was going to say about April is there's a lot of national observances for the month of April. Yes. You know what it is? It's my youngest daughter's birthday. Is it? Yeah. April 1st. Oh, my God. What a tough day to have a birthday. She's an April Fool. Because, like, who's going to believe her? Who's going to believe her? That's a whole other story that I think I should tell. Should I tell that story, too? I'd like to hear that one. We didn't. So we knew with our first two that we were having. Oh, actually, I have heard it. I've told the story. I know. I think I've told it on the podcast. Yeah, right? Of course. Yeah. That's the only way I would have heard. I've never met you. Exactly. I know you still haven't met me and it's not going to be this weekend. It's not this week. Oh my God. This weekend is April 1st. Yeah. It's your birthday. Your birthday. She's turning. She, she's turning 16. Sweet 16. Exactly. Is she getting a car? <laughs> she doesn't even drive. No, she's she's abroad though right now. She's she's in another country on an exchange. Yeah, you did she's an exchange thing. So um, I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they do something for her. I feel guilty that I'm not going to be there, but what are you going to do? Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I hope she has the time of her life. When is your birthday? Guess. I know. I feel like you told me. Maybe not. Are you in August? I'm not in August. My wife is in August. The master injector, Bernice, is August. At the master injector. Mm-hmm. Are you a September? Not September. You're not November. Not November. You got to be earlier on. I might have missed it, huh? Oh, yes. You're February. Not February. <laughs> January. Not January. Running out of months. Oh, my gosh. It's December. It is December. That was your seventh, oh, I think. December 11th. Close, but no. It's December 12th. Less close, but no. I always knew it was December 7th. Not to that. <laughs> <laughs> when is it? 10th, December 10th. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Wow, I'm usually like, I'm the birthday queen. I will never forget anyone's birthday, so now I'll never forget that. Really, I'm bad. When is your birthday? May 25th. Ooh, coming up. Yes. You're going to be 17? Yes. Nice. Nice. That would be nice, right? No. You don't want to be in your teens. You want to be in your 20s, above 21. Okay. All right. Although I like... I like 30's a good age. 30's good, too. I like being in my... T- I, I, I was really lucky. Uh, from the time I hit 16... Things were were good. Before that, I had trouble. Before 16, I had trouble a little bit. But once I had 16, for the most part, things. What's that? Trouble with life? You know, trouble with figuring out who I was, you know, growing up and and friends and and all that stuff. I had a little bit of trouble until till I was 16. Yeah. But then once I hit 16, maybe even 15, 
I kind of got lucky. I, I have to admit, I, I was very, very fortunate in finding a great group of friends who I'm still in touch with. It's tough. It's tough now in your 20s. Yeah. It's always tough. It's tough for me. and I'm in a new place. Why is it tough for you, Rhea? <laughs> Therapy time. <laughs> well, What's no. tough? It's like college. I, I think it's like college for adults. When you move somewhere new. Luckily, I had friends here. Like, we all, you know, thank God. Yeah. But still, it's like adapting to a new environment and a new group of people. And I, well, hopefully at this stage in your life, in your late, mid to late 20s, you have like your core group of friends. When you move somewhere new, it's kind of hard to find that connection with people. It takes a while to build. Right. I That's think. true. But do you feel like your friends previous to moving are still your close friends? Oh, yes. I talk to them yeah. every day. And I, and I still feel that way. And I'm in my 50s. That How often do you talk to them? We have a we have a WhatsApp group that someone's always post texting something almost every day. So there's constant communication between us almost every day. So like if I if I haven't looked at the WhatsApp group like for a week, there could be like thousands of texts. Yeah. Which is great. I I asked because I was talking to a friend about life and getting busy. And now we have everyone has their own jobs and with COVID we're respectively getting back to our normal lives, whatever that means. And I'm like, oh God, I feel like you don't talk to me anymore. And they're like, this is life. Like you get busy. I'm like, I know, but if someone's your friend, your best friend, you always make time for them. Even yeah. doesn't matter how busy you are. Cause we're always on our phones. Yeah. And you're going well, back and forth. I heard someone say, and I try to do it too. And I don't know where I heard it, especially today, since it's easier to do. Like if you're thinking of someone, shoot them a text. Yeah. So, I'll, so like even people who I'm like friends with, but not best friends with, I'll shoot them a text just to say, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Sometimes they call me and that's annoying, but some, <laughs> but I prefer to just get texted back saying, Oh, things are good. You know? And it's a nice, luckily it's kind of an easier way to stay connected with people, even though it's not that full on connection, but yeah. you know, it, it, I think it's a nice gesture. You know, I, I love it. If someone randomly texts me, Hey, just thinking of you, you know, hope you're doing good. Yeah. Cause like, you never know. Yeah. Life's too short. Life's short. Yeah. Okay. Back to what I was saying about all the national observances in, in April. One of them is, and it's kind of funny. I was going to say, I don't want to be a teen. I want to be at least 20. So I can be at least 21. So I can drink still. Right. National alcoholism awareness month. Ooh, good. I think it's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting that it falls within uh, national cannabis month, you know, 420. Oh, that is interesting. Maybe it's deliberate. Maybe it's deliberate. So you can stop drinking and start smoking. You know, what's cute and funny, my middle daughter who just turned 18 in March said now that she turned 18, she wants to buy a lottery ticket and a pack (laughs) of cigarettes. Why the cigarettes? Just because I, I think it was from a movie. I think it was from the movie Lady Bird. Oh, okay. That when she turned 18, she did it. So yeah. my daughter was like, she doesn't really want to buy a pack of cigarettes, but she like liked the fact that she could say that yeah. from the movie. I thought it was really cute. That's cute. That is yeah. like when 21, I had a friend that's like, oh, I can't wait to buy wine to cook with now. I was like, what? Yeah. Stop aging yourself. And the truth is, I think you have to be 21 to buy cigarettes anyway. It, at least in California. Yeah. Is it yeah. 19 or 21? 
I think it's 21, but I'm not totally sure. But yeah, so, and they cost I, a lot of money. So hopefully she's got cash. Yeah, she's not buying cigarettes. She's just quoting, I think, the movie kind of thing. <laughs> yes. I'm not worried about her at least smoking cigarettes. Others, hopefully none of that. She's a, she's. Have you ever smoked a cigarette? Have I ever smoked a cigarette? <laughs> yes. So in college, I remember early on freshman year, sitting around with a group of my roommate and there were people on the same floor as me and there a couple of them and we all were smoking cigarettes to but not to smoke cigarettes we we wanted to do smoke rings we thought it was really cool oh. so i still remember sitting around blowing smoke rings uh, as a freshman for like a day or two and then it was gross and we stopped but but i but then interesting weird story one summer I went to, I wanted to be an actor for a second. I still do, but for a second, I wanted to be an actor. So I went to Lee Strasberg. Oh no, that was in high school. Was it high school? Yeah, it was high school. I went to Lee Strasberg one summer um, to in New York theater school, acting school. And one of the scenes I did with my acting partner, well, I wonder where that guy is. Cause he was a good guy. Um, we did a scene from, death of a salesman and we we played the two sons uh-huh. and there's a scene when they're in their bedroom smoking cigarettes so he and i bought a pack of cigarettes and we're practicing smoking cigarettes and neither of us smoked or had knew how to smoke and i remember when it came time to do the scene we were both so kind of nervous and not into uh-huh. knowing how to smoke that we both just held on to the cigarette and never even smoked it because we were not smokers. Like we didn't make it natural at all. And I remember like looking at the cigarette and the ash was just burning out. And I don't even think, I think I was too nervous. I don't even think I took a puff. That is so funny. And then years later, I got on stage and smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars. (laughs) I knew that was you. Yes. Yes. It was all from death of a salesman. That's where it all started. Mm -hmm. Wow. How do you like that story? That was actually good. See, aren't you glad that I asked? I am. I am. What about you? Have you smoked cigarettes? I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. Wow. Never even taken a puff. Not a puff. Good for you. There's no reason to. It really smells gross to me. It's gross. My parents don't smoke, but um, my uncle does. My cousins do, or they did. And I'm always like, ugh. Yeah. What's really crazy is when I was a little kid, both my parents smoked. They quit when I was a young, young teenager, but they both smoked. And back in the day, my parents would even send us to the store to go buy their cigarettes for them. No. You know, it's like a little kid, like like an 11 year old. I'd be going down to the store to buy their cigarettes, which is totally wow. bizarre. But my dad's claim to fame used to be he used to go, Jason, I never even smoked a marijuana cigarette. <laughs> That's what he always used to say. I never even smoked a marijuana cigarette. Okay, I smoked a marijuana cigarette, but not a real cigarette. Right. But that's what my dad always used to say. He'd call it a marijuana cigarette. That's hilarious. Yeah. Until he got lung cancer. And then I think he did actually, believe it or not, smoke uh, marijuana. Although I'd have to double check with my sister. I think she claimed that he did start smoking some pot once he got lung cancer. To help or just just because I'm not totally sure. I have to ask her. I'm, I'm not totally sure I got to remember to ask her. Hmm. Well, so April's also, um, national esophageal cancer. 
month. Yeah. Awareness month. That's a that's a pretty tough one. It's it's one of the cancers that usually is caught fairly late. It tends to be a fairly aggressive cancer. And it's it's a very hard cancer to operate on because it's the esophagus is mostly in the chest. Yeah. And if things go wrong with the surgery and recovery and things like that, it could be it could turn very into serious complications and patients sometimes don't even necessarily survive the, the recovery from surgery. It's, but, but when it goes well, you know, people who do that surgery a lot, um, it could go well. And luckily today we're getting better and better at treating patients with esophageal cancer, managing them both with surgery or chemotherapy or radiation or a combination. And then we're better at caring for them after surgery too. But but it's one of those more serious ones that, that we see sometimes. It kind of seems like it's relatable to lung cancer. Your esophagus and your lungs, are they close in proximity? They're neighbors, yeah. So the esophagus runs through the, the middle of our chest and the lungs are on either side. So, so they're definitely neighbors and they definitely are both associated with um, cigarette smoking. Although we know cigarette smoking could cause all sorts of cancers, but it's but it definitely puts people at risk for both. Speaking of more cancer, you know what can give you liver cancer is all the alcohol. That's why it's Alcohol all Awareness Month. Yeah. How was your week with your sister? Was it one week or two weeks? Oh, God, it was one week. One week was enough. It was great. <laughs> good. But I, knew, I know you were concerned about, you know, making sure you showed her a good time. And, and so do you feel like you, you did oh. a good job of taking her around and showing her L.A.? beyond. LA is huge. There's, other, there's stuff that I haven't even seen yet. And I've only been there for a few months, but we went, you know, from, we did the whole Beverly Hills tour thing and I showed like all the big homes and we did Venice and Santa Monica and Malibu, even Laguna Beach and Newport. What do you think was her highlight? Oh gosh, let's see. Or what was I your highlight? We, well, I think she really loved Malibu because we saw Serena Williams on the beach. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Did you just like how close were you guys? Was she far oh, we away? Very close because I had my little dog with me and this girl, her daughter was crying. And I was like, oh, it's like look at that little girl. She's so cute. And then they got closer to us and I was like, wow, I was like, the mom looks just like Serena. And my sister was like, it is Serena. I was like, oh, I was like, sorry, I can't see. And then her daughter was like, mommy, look at that puppy. And she's like, that's a cute dog. And I was like, thank you. Picture? No. I just <laughs> want to bug them for a picture because they were clearly having family time. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. She was really close. She was sitting behind us in a cabana. Oh, wow. Did you sneak a selfie of her? No, we did take a picture of them like walking away. But she was wearing a bathing suit. And, you know, let me tell you, that thing is big. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even want to post it. I was like, I'm not going to post this because this is like, and Mike had taken down. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you probably made a good decision. Yeah. But she loved Malibu. She really loved Laguna. And another highlight was I did take her to a Dua Lipa concert. Ooh. Where was that? At the Forum. Nice. That was fun. The Forum is, it's nice. I thought it was going to be bigger than what it, it was. I haven't been to the Forum. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What are you waiting for? I don't get out much. I know. Yeah. I haven't been to the Greek yet. That I'd rather go to first. Where's that? I have no idea, but the Greek <laughs> theater, you know, it's somewhere here in LA. 
was that whole movie called Get Him to the Greek. That oh, movie yes, yes, yes. With Jonah Hill and what's his name? Russell Brand. Was it Russell Brand? Yeah, Katy Perry's ex-husband. He was the one that he had, that Jonah Hill had to get to the Greek. Yeah, this was with him. I really love Katy Perry. Let me just say me that. Big fan. Did you ever see her documentary on Netflix? No, but I saw her in concert and I just oh. fell in love with her. Oh, I love her. I would love to see her in concert. So you someone was giving away tickets. Like, that's the beauty of doing what I do. Someone was like, oh, I have Katy Perry tickets. Do you want them? And I'm like, okay. And I took my family and she was amazing. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. And I love Katy Perry now. Watch the documentary. It'll make you love her even more. It goes through like when they were kind of going through their divorce and she was on tour. Ah, all right. And there you go. She's great. I think we talked a lot, a lot of good stuff today. We got a, a lot of good stuff, especially the autoimmune stuff. Another autoimmune disease that I didn't even know was an autoimmune disease was rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, yeah, for sure. And what? I used to think that I had it when I was, I think I talked about it, my costochondritis, my chest pain. The doctor was like, maybe it's um, RA. And I was like, what? I'm like 19 years old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I saw a rheumatologist and I was like, what the hell is going on in here? Yeah. And rheumatoid arthritis could also, it, it runs the gamut from mild to pretty severe. And uh, that's one where there's no necessary, there's really no cure for it. And it's more about managing symptoms and trying to avoid symptoms. And, and, but yeah, that, that's, um, and then it has other associated issues related to it. It's not just your joints, you know, you think just your joints, but it could also affect your heart and, and all sorts of stuff and your esophagus and, and different things like that. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Which ones have cures? Well, I told you Graves disease does because we yeah. remove the thyroid and then to some degree, ulcerative colitis kind of does because you could remove the colon and then. Ulcerative colitis. Ulcerative colitis, which is a Ulcer- form of inflammatory bowel disease. Yes. I've heard of it. If you remove the colon, that's the part that's autoimmune, that, that's diseased. And theoretically, people can live and be fine once their colon's gone. There's still surveillance and they still could have other, other disease entities and things that could be related to ulcerative colitis. But that, for the most part, cures the intestinal issues. Yikes. The purpose of the colon is to help. Are you them. asking me or you're telling me? It's like a little bit of both. I'm not sure. <laughs> What do you think the colon is? helps with the waste? Well, yeah, the colon is our stores our poop and it reabsorbs water and some vitamins and, and things like that. Um, but it basically stores our poop and so that we could poop. That's that's the main thing. And so that we're not constantly having diarrhea. You know, it's re- reabsorbs a lot of the water, um, makes our poop our poop, and and there you go. I I have this, you know, I as I've aged, I've gotten stranger and stranger. And, you know, I talk about it, about trying to be as plant-based as possible. So I do think a lot of these autoimmune diseases, I think a lot of diet and environment impact these autoimmune diseases. And I do think there is something to be said for trying to avoid animal products when someone has these autoimmune diseases, whether or not it's a cure or always going to work. I don't know, but I think, I think it definitely decreases patients with symptoms. At least anecdotally, I've seen a lot of patients have significantly improved symptoms when they're plant-based. Yeah. My aunt who suffers from diabetes has been on this like a month regimen of of being plant-based and it was very, very hard for her. 
And we were talking today for like an hour and she was like, I feel so much better. She's lost 12 pounds and all this stuff. And it's been cool to see her like appreciate it more and like reap the benefits of it. That's um, great. And I, there's an allergist, an ENT rather that I saw in New York, in the Upper East Side, I'm blanking on his name. And I remember I went in in high school with all of these like sinus issues and he's like, go vegan. He was like, I'm not even going to like give you a steroid or anything like go vegan. And I stopped eating all this, these dairy products. And I was like, whoa, I'm much better. It just like, it, it you're go all vegan. inflamed. Dang, yeah. go vegan. Go, go vegan. vegan, go. Yeah. Well, everybody, thanks for joining us at Gross Anatomy. Thanks so much. This is fun. And we want you to please comment, text us, email us, DM us, check out our TikTok, do all that stuff. Like and subscribe. And there you go. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.